the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3. We are here for you uh, to uh, get you into the um, right place uh, for Memorial Day weekend. 602-508-0960. 602-5080-960. Anything on your mind, including if you have someone to... Uh, Memorialize that you'd like to do so with us on air. We're happy to uh, do that. Happy to talk politics. Uh, as a follow-up to um, the response we received yesterday, we we postulated that we would we, we thought it might be fun to organize a a listener trip. Uh, people with RVs, people who don't have RVs but would like to drive an RV up north somewhere in northern Arizona for a a cool day and a night. Uh, we would uh, we would start. I don't know something in the afternoon. I'd cook dinner for everyone, so we'll have to obviously keep it to a reasonable number. I'll cook T-bone steaks for everyone. Maybe have a campfire side chat. Maybe give a talk. And um, we were talking about you know why we wouldn't want to do this. Get away for from the heat and uh, have a lot of fun. And gosh, a lot of you just wrote in saying, "Yeah, put me in, coach. We're in for it." One or two calls yesterday on it too. I had an idea about it. Uh, I think I think we might see what we can do here, uh, and people can call in with their ideas on it as well. Or if it's something that would interest you, continue to let us know. It, it'll help get a, a sense of you know how much we we um, how much space we might want to think about reserving if we if we do go forward with this. But. Um, I had an idea to make it fun, too. I, You know, as a kid growing up, I loved CB radios. And you don't see them much anymore. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm talking about? Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, sure, of course. And uh, after I saw that movie with my dad, we went to uh, Radio Shack and got one. And then had it installed. I don't Doted remember. about half of America. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say had it installed. But now that I think about it, I remember dad installing it. Dad installed it himself. And uh, had a handle, so uh, I'm. I know you can still buy the hand, at least handheld walkie-talkies. They aren't that expensive, I don't think anymore. And they were then. <laughs> I don't think they are anymore. And so what I'm getting the office to try and do here is start memorizing the uh, CB radio, um, CB uh, 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 radio codes, the ten codes. You know, like ten four. We all know ten four, which means okay or message received. But there's a whole list of mine. There's almost, I think there might be even a hundred, a hundred of them. Uh, and so uh, I think I, I, the staff is getting <laughs> a little bleary eyed with me asking them how many they've memorized. But we're we're working on it. We're working on it. David, do you know what a ten one hundred is? Um, uh, it's what you, the, it, it's, uh, it's, the, if you ride in my RV, it's, yes, it's what I, I will not yeah, allow how, you to how do. I, how should I say this? It's, it's what uh, I will not allow you to do in the RV. Yeah. yeah. It's a restroom break. Mm -hmm. Bath, yeah. my view, my view of lavatories and RVs are for emergency use only for what, emergency. What if, there's a, what if there's a 1017? Yeah, that's an urgent business emergency use. If there's a 1017. So is a 1017 and a 10100 uh, interchangeable? <laughs> no, they're not interchangeable. Exactly. 
ten seventeen is really for something a little more important than that. But oh, yeah, you know, yeah, let's yeah. let's leave it right there. Let's leave it right there. But anyway, memorizing ten the ten four, codes. Good buddy. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you very much. Um, yeah. So let me know if uh, if uh, if that's something that you would find fun. Okay, help me out with this. Um, this ongoing story with the Dodgers and their sisters of perpetual indulgence. You know, I just I'm not going to let it go because we're supposed to be so sensitized these days to bigotry, and um, and uh, and I there's just nothing more bigoted to the Catholic faith than what the L.A. Dodgers, Los Angeles Dodgers, are doing in honoring the sisters of perpetual indulgence. And I'm glad to see that one of the larger, if not the largest, lay Catholic organizations, Catholic Vote, is launching a major campaign to boycott the Dodgers. I hope it succeeds. I really do. Uh, They can't get a meeting with the president of the Dodgers, but the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have had a meeting with him. And, you know, they're playing them for fools. They're playing the religious the Dodgers are playing the religious folks for fuel, the believers for fools, because it's just a little bit odd to me that today, after a week-long charivery about the honoring of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which is, for those of you that don't know, a group that calls themselves nuns, but it is made exclu- made up entirely and exclusively of ta- transgendered what I would say are clowns, except it would be an insult to clowns. Uh, Sam Brinkman, that nuclear reg- that nuclear agent, uh, nuclear uh, nuclear regulatory Department of Energy handling nuclear waste official who was fired from the Biden administration after they touted him as the first you know trans appointee in that department, uh, fired him for stealing other people's luggage. Um, He's part of this nunnery. He's part of the – or they. or I think it's they. They is, This is what happens when you screw, mess around with the pronouns. You, you, have, you completely discombobulate the language. They is. They are. I don't know what – he is one individual, but because he's non-binary, he goes by they. They go by they. They is. Anyway, they, he – Sam Brink – whatever – this Britain, sorry, Sam Britton, he is a member of this, quote-unquote, as they call themselves, order. Anyway, they're playing the Christian people, the, the uh, Christian, Christian adherents and community for fools here. Because just this week, just today, the Dodgers put out, excited to announce the relaunch of Christian Faith and Family Day at Dodger Stadium on July 30th. More details to come, but we are grateful for the opportunity to talk about Jesus and determined to make it bigger and better than it was before COVID. Hope to see you on July 30th. Is anyone falling for this nonsense? I hope not. I hope not. Um, If you go to the website of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, remember their motto is go forth and sin some more. That's how serious they are. You see the pictures. They boast about what they are. They're, they're not hiding it. They're not concealing their asininity and their uh, sometimes macabre, sometimes devilishly clowny look. They, they, they're not hiding it at all. They tell you what they do, 
when you go to the page of how to become a nun. Um, they say the sisters regularly visit local hospices. The sisters frequently act as educators, lecturing to classrooms of students and informing the cute boy at the bar about the risks of unsafe sex. Okay, so they go into classrooms now. They lecture to classrooms of students. So when people deny that any of this nonsense is going on in the schools, they need to reach out to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and ask them if they too are lying. Who's telling the truth? We who are worried about this stuff in our schools and the nuns themselves who are saying they are, I hate to call them nuns, not the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence who themselves are saying they're going into schools or the ladies on the view and elsewhere in major media that say oh no none of this is this none of this is going on in schools it's all it's all an invention and scare tactic of the right to divide people do you know how you divide people you divide people with bigotry you divide people with racial bigotry you divide them with ethnic bigotry you divide them with religious bigotry yeah i said it was an insult to clowns you know the clowns they have a poem or a prayer. Did you know that? And it's actually quite a beautiful thing. It is. As I stumble through this life, help me to create more laughter than tears, dispense more happiness than gloom, spread more cheer than despair. Ne- never let me become so indifferent that I will fail to see the wonders in the eyes of a child or the twinkle in the eyes of the aged. Ne- never let me forget that my total effort is to cheer people, make them happy, and forget momentarily any unpleasantness in their lives. And in my final moment, may I hear you whisper, when you made my people smile, you made me smile. By the way, my and me is capitalized. That's far more religious and far more respectful of religion and humanity than anything that the L.A. Dodgers and these Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are engaged in. Anyway, this this... This is ongoing bigotry, and they're playing people for fools trying to think it'll make up for it. I hope the boycott works. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Speaking of the Department, Department of Homeland Security, I don't know if you've seen this story. I was mentioning earlier, I think it was uh, in the last hour, that uh, the moment Ron DeSantis announced his campaign for the presidency, I started receiving – I'm on all kinds of email lists, fundraising lists, including from the uh, Democratic Party. And uh, the moment he announced, I I started getting a bunch of them, anti-Ron DeSantis ads – saying uh, help stop the MAGA movement, help stop Ron DeSantis, or things like uh, send money here to prevent uh, the continuance of the MAGA agenda under Ron DeSantis. Another MAGA candidate declares for presidency. So we're all the same to them. You know, there's no difference. Um, I, I don't shrink from the notion of making America great again being a good thing. But the idea that the left and the... De- the left, as it is embodied in the Democratic Party today, is trying to make of it a pejorative. Uh, they make no distinctions. Now, 
going further on their lack of the ability to make distinctions and lumping everything together as, I suppose, anything a click or a standard deviation to the right of Joe Lieberman as an enemy or an extremist. They, um, at the Department of Homeland Security, it's just been uncovered, have spent uh, $40 million outsourcing uh, anti-terrorism programming and education, including the use of a pyramid, like the food pyramid. Remember the old food pyramid? What was on the bottom? Grains, and I think fats were on the top, something like that. Uh, the old, like a, it's a food pyramid. I wish I, I could show it to you, but you can look for it online if you want and see it. And it's called, it's titled The Pyramid of Far-Right Radicalization. And it's got four levels. The top level, I don't recognize any of these insignia. They have insignia. Uh, uh, yes, the emblems and insignia of these organizations. Probably it's a good thing I don't recognize anything at the top of the pyramid. The next level, level down, is uh, I see a swastika and I see some German stuff. I'm sure it's, it's all neo-Nazi stuff. And then the second level, second from the bottom... You get uh, organizations like Turning Point. You get Prager University. Prager University is on the pyramid of far-right radicalization. Far-right radicalization. Prager University. Breitbart News. And then the bottom is Fox News, the National Rifle Association, and the Heritage Foundation, including a few others. This, to them, is... what they mean when they talk about domestic violent extremists and far-right radicalization. Prager University. Prager University. Um, The pro-police Blue Lives Matter movement. Oh, and did I mention Fox News and the Christian Broadcasting Network? This is to them what deserves to be lumped in with... uh, Nazi organizations, I don't want to give them any credit, so I'm not going to mention them by name. This is what they lump in and are trying to frighten Americans into thinking constitutes radicalization, extreme radicalization, far-right radicalization in America. They have collapsed any ability to discern and distinguish, and it's done deliberately. It's done deliberately. It's not because they're idiots. Far from it. They are highly skilled in propaganda, highly. And if they can get people to think that Fox News or the Heritage Foundation is part of the far is part of far right radicalization in this country, so much the easier to chill. So much not chill as in calm down. So much to e- the easier to chill their speech. So much the easier to abjure them. So much the easier to denounce people from seeing what they have to offer. And you know where this really matters most? Place I don't think a lot of people think about. High school and college research and reports and essays. When you have a conservative student or even a non-conservative student wanting to cite something that the Heritage Foundation has put out, um, you can now have a justification for a fellow student, but more likely a professor, 
to not only discount it, but say it's not welcome here because you are citing from a far-right radical organization, which would be akin to citing, you know, something from a Nazi organization. That's where it happens, and that's where it matters. You have given teachers and professors excuses to ban any citations to something you might have heard or seen on Fox News or the Heritage Foundation. Or for goodness sakes, think of these great scholars who have spoken on Prager University to cite any of those. How easy would it be? I mean, we have seen this. We saw the attempt at ASU of professors saying this stuff about Prager University to keep Dennis Prager from coming to ASU. And I, um, and I, I, I just hope people people understand that this this is this is their kinder and gentler Democratic Party that they put in power because Donald Trump was the tyrant. I hope people understand that they are going to cleanse not just academia but all politics of any respectable position or any legitimate, never mind respectable, any legitimate position on the political stage or any legitimate part of schools and education and teaching and research. That's that's what's going on here. This is how it will be used. This is how it is being used. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Getting ready for uh, Memorial Day weekend. I hope um, you have meaningful plans and uh, get some uh, much, uh, much deserved and earned relief. David, have you seen this story about orcas attacking boats in Europe? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. There's an outbreak of orcas Attacking boats in Europe. Who reported on this? The penguins? Uh, no, everyone. It's a big. It's not a small story. Look it up. Orcas, boats, Europe. It's it's not a small thing. It's uh, the New York Times. Orcas have sunk three boats in southern Europe. Science alert: Orcas are sinking boats off the coast of Europe, and we have no idea why. Reuters: Killer whales wreck boat in latest attack off Spain. That headline deserves a fact check, by the way. Reuters deserves a fact check. Do you know that orcas are not whales? Did you know that? I've heard the colloquialism, killer whales. Yes, but they're not really whales. What are they? They're dolphins. Literally, they are. Dolphins are are the mammal variety, right? Well, they're both mammals. They're both in the kingdom of Animalia, and they're both in the class of uh, mammalia, mammals. But no, Killer killer whales are literally dolphins, not whales. Yeah, you can check fact check me on that if you want. We should get this right though, because we love dolphins, and I think anyway, most dolphins, as long as they aren't attacking boats. I'll tell Flipper. I heard Larry Arn was asked about this, and he said they must really be desperate because there's not a lot of meat. On those boats they're attacking, <laughs> they must really be desperate. Maybe they're not a, uh, anyway, okay. Well, probably that also explains, I guess they don't do it anymore. Do they, does, SeaWorld, does SeaWorld train orcas anymore? Do those show, Shamu shows anymore? Probably not. 
Probably not. But some of the stuff back before it started going wrong was pretty impressive, and that would make sense given how smart dolphins are that you could train orcas to do that sort of stuff until they turned. (laughs) And it may not have been such a mystery as to why they turned. I mean, as you put it, it's in the first name. Killer. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the problem with tuna fish. You oh have my God. fish is in back the, to this. Well, you, you can't tell me tuna's not a fish when it's in the name. I'm just. Uh, I thought this academically interesting, academically in the in the truest sense of the word, not uh, not as irrelevant, but as as academic. We've had on this show one of the great scholars of our age, Shelby Steele, used to be a professor. He's a retired professor of English, and. Um, and he wrote probably the first – he was probably the first African-American scholar to write a book questioning racial preferences. I remember when that book, The Content of Our Character, came out 1990, I want to say. Yeah, 1990 I, I, for the point – uh, that I'm, I'm going to make, I, I, I want to be pretty sure it was. It first came out in 1990, if not 90, 89. It was 89 or 90. Um, I remember when it came out, the backlash against him was heavy from the Academy because that was such a, 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 a sacred and cherished thing, race-based affirmative action back then. That to question it and for a professor to question it, for an African-American professor to question it, uh, was going after uh, too large of a sacred cow for them. And he was as denounced as any other famous academic. The reason I'm bringing it up is the New York Times just had a piece, a thought piece, by, uh, by one of their regular authors there, titled, This 1991 Book Was Stunningly Prescient About Affirmative Action. And it's a book about Yale professor, it's, a, it's an article about Yale professor Stephen Carter's book, Reflections of an Affirmative Action Baby. And this author is saying, you know, he saw some of the fights we have coming so presciently in 1991. Well, hell, if we're going to do a if we're going to do a whole piece celebrating a whole fetch shrift to Stephen Carter at Yale for seeing it in 1991, how about Shelby Steele for seeing it a year earlier? Which he did, and which they won't do, because Stephen Carter is liberal and Yale, and Shelby Steele is conservative and not. We'll be right back. Stock market volatility, recession possibly on the horizon, long-term inflation, bank failures. The Biden uh, administration is not doing good with the economy, not doing well with the economy. But why refi has an investment in a portfolio that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. It's a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. And why refi is based here locally. I encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there, and I can tell you, you won't get asked to sign anything. You won't even get a sales pitch. They just like talking about 
what they do. Leave the selling up to me. When you meet with the team at Y-Refi, you'll see why I like and trust them so much, and you can too. You will too. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. It's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call them at 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-34. In the next segment, our final segment, I'll be playing taps from my trumpet, as I do, as is my custom and want every uh, Memorial Day Friday going into Memorial Day weekend. Uh, You may uh, and likely have heard it better, (laughs) but uh, it's my uh, small, uh, small contribution to do something that I hope is meaningful. But uh, I have my trumpet here, and uh, we'll give you um, my rendition of taps as we close the show out in the next, at the end of the next segment. So the usual, uh, the usual um, out with Dolly Parton will uh, we'll come back on Monday, probably. <laughs> Today it'll be me on, on trumpet. Uh, you know, one of the things we were talking about also with David Schweikert earlier was a look back at you know the harms of what shutdowns and lockdowns have done for society to society. He said he thinks it'll take about ten years to unwind them, and uh, it would be great if it only took ten years. That, that that's an optimistic look at it when you consider everything from mental health to sub-drug abuse and alcohol abuse, to the education losses. And I was talking to a friend of mine. It's just, it's just still incredible to me how hard-headed so many of the people and how defensive so many of the people who pushed this on us are being. And now there's a debate going back and forth between Trump and DeSantis about who was better on it, who said what and when. But that's not so much my concern because I think we both know, we all know that the both of them had intuitions and sensibilities that weren't where most of the elite people in the name of science and the Democratic Party were on this. I think it was a failure of Donald Trump's to keep Fauci on. I think it was a failure of his to keep Deborah Burks on. I think it was um, good that Ron DeSantis was one of the first states to say no mas. In fact, when Bill Bennett and I were writing, Bill, you remember this, Bill and I did like five columns for Fox News on this stuff. One of them was a column dedicated entirely to praise of how Ron DeSantis was handling it. And uh, in any event, uh, the studies keep coming out now on how right we were, though we were shamed, though we were denounced, though we were called idiots. Here's a new one just out. Pandemic lockdowns likely cla- likely caused more harm than benefit with, quote, substantial and wide-ranging collateral damage, close quote, that we felt for years to come, including millions of non-COVID excess deaths, a rise in child abuse and domestic violence, I didn't even mention those, and trillions of dollars in economic losses, according to new research. Dr. Kevin Bardosh, an applied medical anthropologist at the University of Washington, conducted a comprehensive review of more 
and 600 research publications to evaluate the global state of knowledge on the adverse social impacts caused by lockdowns and other non-pharmaceutical interventions. As one of the researchers put it, it looks like many original predictions of adverse effects are broadly supported by the research data. And that's why I, by the way, am so um, impatient and unforgiving to the notion or the excuse, really, that we didn't really know what was going on. You have to give us leeway. We didn't really know. Yeah, some of us looked at the data and did, and we were shut down and shamed. We were censored, and we were condemned. Don't give me this. It's You know, it was like saying about 2016 when Donald Trump was elected. Do you remember all the politicos and fancy people on MSNBC and Fox and CNN, all the, all the political types were saying, well, we were all wrong. You know, everyone predicted a, a Clinton win. We were all, no, we weren't all wrong. Not all of us. Some of us predicted it. Some of us predicted it and predicted it um, quite accurately. Turns out they happened to be in talk radio, most of them, and part of the reason for that was, of course, because uh, we in talk radio talk to America. Hey, do this, David. Go out with this. This is cool. Bicentennial 1976 re-election campaign of Gerald Ford. Thanks for all your Americana today, David. Um, and thank you, audience, all of you, for uh, spending um, your week with us, and particularly this day as we head into the Memorial Day weekend, I, um, I will close out the show with my, uh, with my version of playing tra- taps here, uh, as is our custom and want. I guess when I think about closing a show like today and going into a holiday like today, I think about a couple of things. John Stuart Mill, in a great essay from England, defending the Emancipation Proclamation, wrote, War is an ugly thing, but not the ugliest of things. The decayed and degraded state of moral and patriotic feeling, which thinks that nothing is worth a war, is much worse. A man who has nothing which he is willing to fight for, nothing which he cares more about than he does his personal safety, is a miserable creature who has no chance of being free unless made and kept so by the exertions of better men than himself. As long as justice and injustice have not terminated their ever-renewing fight for ascendancy in the affairs of mankind, human beings must be willing, when need is, to do battle for the one against the other. This is a holiday um, that you don't really say happy Memorial, Memorial Day. You say have a meaningful Memorial Day, I think, and in so doing, thanking those better men than myself who have engaged in those exertions and, as Abraham Lincoln said, paid their last full measure of devotion. When he said that, that was the end of his sentence. The beginning is just as important. It was about these honored dead that we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave their last full measure of devotion. Think about that war, Civil War. And uh, General Sherman, William Tecumseh Sherman, is famously known for saying war is hell, and of course it is. The question is, is it for a purpose? And America, freedom, security, 
sometimes those of our allies, is a purpose, and we thank those who paid with their lives for that. Here are two things honorable touch the soul, and there are tears for passing things. God bless you all. Until next week, I'm Seth Liebson, and class is dismissed. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.